lot of a lot of people want to know why many Christians seem so happy all the time. The thing is, is we're not always happy. But we do have joy. Or at least we should have joy. And a lot of the world confuses that. There's a lot of the world that looks at the Christian church and they think our official pose for everything is That's the way we look to them sometimes. It's not very happy looking. Certainly a very joyous looking. It's because a lot of Christians are spending too much time criticizing other people rather than praising God. And if we spend a lot more time praising God, we wouldn't have enough time to criticize anybody and we'd show that joy that we're supposed to have inside us. then our opposed would be more like this. Even in the bad times, they'd be like, what's, what's going on with you? You're always in a good mood. Praise God. I got joy. She said you were upset. You're not happy. I don't have to be. I got joy. A lot of people, Christians also, confuse the two. So I'm going to give you a little list that I found of some differences between joy and happiness real quick. Joy is in the heart. Happiness is on the face. The last couple of messages have talked about how God wants your heart. He's not concerned with what your outside appearance looks like, the way you look to the world except for when you're reflecting Him. He wants your heart. He wants the root of who you are. And that's where joy comes from. Because if He had the keys to your heart, He could unlock that joy and let it out. I said before, joy stands for Jesus first, others second, yourself last. That's the key to humility. And it leads to joy. There's a key to your heart that God wants to let that joy out. Because joy comes from your soul. Happiness occurs in the moment. Ooh, I won the lottery. I'm happy. Now I'm broke. <laughs> Not happy anymore. You know, happiness occurs in the moment. Paul told us it didn't matter the circumstances. That he was content. Because all things are possible through Christ. didn't matter what circumstances you were in. That's where you find joy. When you can be joyful in the low parts of your life, you know that it's coming from yourself. It's not happiness. Because joy transcends the moment. It goes beyond what you're feeling or where you're at in your life. Happiness is stuck and it only reacts to the moment. It reacts to the circumstances. When you spend six months in a NICU with your child fighting for her life and still find joy, there's no happiness in that. There's joy because you know that God has control. 
and you work an extra hour on your shift to help out somebody else just to leave work and the engine blows a spark plug on your way home, but you still find a way to praise God during it. You've transcended the moment. There's nothing happy about that. That's pretty frustrating. That happened this week. <laughs> See, joy embraces peace and contentment. Happiness really doesn't do that. It's, again, stuck in the moment. But when you have joy in your life, you can find peace no matter what's going on. You can be content in every moment. Because joy runs deep and overflows from your heart. And happiness is still just there for a moment. It's a splash in the pool of your life. Joy comes from practice and changing in behavior. It's deliberate and intentional. It doesn't just happen. It takes effort. Our happiness comes and goes at its own accord. It just happens. The scripture tells us don't worry, rejoice. So it's profound in the scripture. Rejoice. Don't worry, be happy is just a song. It's because it's a good feeling. And that's all happiness is, is a feeling. Joy is inward and happiness is outward. Joy endures. Happiness is momentary. Because joy is chosen happiness is pursued. You can pursue happiness your entire life and never get it. But you can choose joy and have it through all things. And so when we read Psalm 32, we find where we get to make that choice to receive joy how God chooses to unlock that part of your heart and your soul. See, Psalms 32 says, How joyful is the one who trans whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How joyful is the person whom the Lord does not charge with iniquity and whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones became brittle for my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was drained as in the summer's heat. Then I acknowledged my sin to you. Did not conceal my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you, will, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore let everyone who is faithful pray to you immediately. When great floodwaters come, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with joyful shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and show you the way to go. With my eye on you, I will give counsel. Do not be like a horse or mule without understanding that must be controlled with bit and bridle, or else it will not come near you. Many pains come to the wicked, but the one who trusts in the Lord will have faithful love surrounding him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, your righteous, 
you righteous ones. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. See, David is the one who wrote this song. And we know his life had a lot of trouble in it, running from Saul, hiding in, the, in caves, fighting Philistines while running from Saul. Then he made some pretty poor decisions as king. But he still found time to rejoice in the Lord. And he even said, the key to joy is forgiveness. The key to joy is forgiveness. See, Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, he says, Rejoice always. That means in every moment of your life you should find joy. That's not always easy. The key is forgiveness. When you look back through this passage from David here, he tells us how joyful is the one whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered, how joyful is the person whom the Lord does not charge with iniquity, and in whose spirit is no deceit. He's telling us that when you give your sins over to God through Christ Jesus, he didn't know Christ, but we do. But when you give your sins over to God, joy gets released because you know you are His. And the only person that's going to get in your way then is you. Choose Christ. Hand your sins over and you'll find joy. He says, when I kept silent, my bones became brittle from my groaning all day. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was drained as in the summer's heat. When you don't give your sins over, you come under the oppression of guilt and shame. You become tired and weary from toting that burden that you were not meant to carry. from the first fall of man in the Garden of Eden to Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. They had to sacrifice animals annually to cover their sins. But until that time come every year, they had to carry that burden. Because of Christ, we get to do it daily. We never have to carry that burden any more than we choose to. We can choose joy by every day asking forgiveness for our daily sins. We don't have to be burdened and carry that and be weak and weary and worn down. David continues and says, When I acknowledge my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity, I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin, God gives an immediate response when you confess your transgressions to Him. He forgave the guilt of your sin. Then David tells us to praise God. Therefore, let everyone who is faithful pray to you immediately. And then he says, when great flood waters come, they will not reach Him. He's saying, if you continue in this, and you do it immediately. When troubled times come, 
even if they're happening to you, they won't touch you. And he's talking about your soul. They won't touch your soul. Because you can find that joy in Christ. Because you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with joyful shouts of deliverance. He's talking to God. He's saying nothing can touch me. The Philistines can't touch me. Saul can't touch me. My sins can't even touch me now because you are my hiding place. I know I'm safe because I'm in you. And so God responds. I will instruct you and show you the way to go. With my eye on you, I will give counsel. See, God will talk back to us and direct us in the way that we're supposed to go when we do this. And he says, do not be like a horse or mule without understanding. In other words, don't be stubborn and arrogant and ignorant. Listen to me. God's talking. He's saying, listen to me. Because the horse and the mule must be controlled with a bit and bridle or else it will not come near you. He's saying, don't, don't make me have to force you. Come willingly. Don't be stubborn like the mule. Come willingly. And then David responds, Many pains come to the wicked, but the one who trusts in the Lord will have faithful love surrounding him. I don't know about you, but when I gave my life over to Christ, my circle changed. I started talking about Jesus. Certain people left and new people came in. That happens. Because when you choose joy, those who are fighting it don't really want to be around you. But those who are accepting it seek out others who have chosen joy. And it's sad. You hope that the ones who are fighting it will see the joy in you and choose that also. That's there in God's... That's there communication with God. They've, they've got to deal with that. All you can be is that harbinger of joy to show them what it's like. But if we're busy criticizing the world with our arms crossed and a scowl on our face, they're not never going to see you know, they're never going to see that joy. They're never going to know what it's like to rejoice in the Lord. Because we're not taking the time to do that. But when we start praising God and rejoicing in Him and confessing our sins and living that lifestyle, we don't have to criticize the world. They criticize themselves. Eventually they'll look at you and go, I want whatever it is they got. Hey, what do you got? I got Jesus. Where can I get that? Right here and right now? I know many people who got saved in the church. I didn't. I got saved on a storm cellar. Because I had somebody at school tell me about Jesus. And I went home and found the Bible and opened it up and found a quiet place on top of a storm cellar in my front yard. And I read about Jesus. And I asked Jesus into my heart. And I had never regularly set foot in a church. It's not this building. It's the people. 
because because a distant cousin decided to take church out of the building and take it to the school ground. He said, James, I love you. And I want to know I see you in heaven when I get there. That's why I'm here today. Because I chose joy and I don't I didn't always choose it through my life after that. It's easy to become critical. A friend of mine posted a question the other day on social media. Why is it so easy to be mean and so hard to be nice? The answer comes to me real fast. Because the devil makes it easy to be critical and deceitful and almost makes it fun to do that. And God makes it purposefully difficult to be a nice person and to have goodness in you. Why? So he knows it's sincere. Because if it's hard to get, then it's probably worth getting. take the time to get it when it's hard to get then you really want it joy is that way sometimes you have to choose it don't just happen happiness happens joy is chosen see Ephesians 4 32 tells us to be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving one another just as God also forgave you in Christ See, I've talked off a long time about asking God for forgiveness. He doesn't want us to hoard it for ourselves either. He wants us to share it with others. We're supposed to forgive others even when it's difficult. Even if they've hurt you, forgive them. We're supposed to love others even when they're unlovable. He loved me when I was unlovable. And I hope that I love others the same way. I met a man one time. After I had an accident, hit by a big truck, my, my truck was totaled. I was going to rehab for a little bit there. While I was there, this older man was in there for whatever reason he needed to be in there for, for rehab. And he was talking to me and the therapist. He said, my son was murdered. And I had resentment for a little bit. And the man who did it was called, tried, was in prison. And he said, I visit that man. I told him I forgive him. That my son had done something that he shouldn't have been doing and was in a place he shouldn't have been. And that yes, you killed him and you shouldn't have. But I forgive you. And he said, that man found Christ because of that. In prison for the rest of his life. And he's now ministering to other people in prison because the father of the man he murdered forgave him. 
I cannot imagine how hard that would be. I cannot. I feel like I would want to get my hands over that person. I cannot imagine forgiving them. That man said it was nothing of his own doing. It was the grace of God. Longing for him is the only way it was possible. That man chose to even took up the cross to minister to the man who killed his son. I pray that as Christians we can have that kind of forgiveness for other people. There's no way that's easy. Not for us. But God did that for us. Each and every one of us have been guilty of nailing the nails in his son. Of putting the crown of thorns on his son's head. Of whipping his son on the post. And he forgives us. That's a love beyond anything that we can muster up on our own. Joy comes from that kind of love. God holds that key and wants to unlock your heart. If you confess your sins to Him and give your heart to Him, through the blood of Jesus Christ, He will forgive you. He will unlock joy in your heart that will overflow into your lifestyle and into your lives so that others can see it. And they'll learn about Jesus that way. We don't have to hound them about Jesus. We don't have to criticize them for their lifestyle. We just have to live a joyous, joyful life in Christ. And when they come asking, what has made you such a joyful person? We can say Jesus. And we can say with honesty and openness that he will make your life joyful also. Give your heart to Jesus. And when you start to overflow with that joy, you'll learn how to forgive and share that love with others. Many of us will never know persecutions or pains like a lot of Christians in the world are. And thank God He has put us in a country where we really don't have to face that too much. We complain a lot about the frustration we get from opposition in this country, but there are some people who literally face death if they're called worshiping Christ. They still find joy in Him with that bread I pray that if that time ever comes, He gives me that strength also. So if you don't know Jesus or you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, I ask that you do so. Learn what that joy is. Open your heart to that joy. Let that joy overflow in your life. And 
that no matter what you face, no matter what struggles you're in, you can find the joy in knowing God has you. And God will protect you. Because no matter what happens in this life, it's just a blip. We have eternity with God when we give our hearts to Him. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for the message that you've given us. Thank you for your words, Lord. I pray that they touch the hearts of everyone who hears this message, Lord, and that they they give their life to you if they haven't already, Lord, and if they have, that they remember your grace so that they can open, open their hearts and let the joy flow out, Lord. That they learn that it's not a fleeting moment like happiness, but a choice to just find you in every moment. God, we ask that you cover all our sins and wash them away with the blood of your Son, Lord. We ask forgiveness for having to know your Son to that cross in order to do it. We ask forgiveness for all the sins that we've committed. And we ask that you bless our hearts and minds so that we can be clear and concise in spreading your joy through our lifestyle, Lord. And please walk with us so that we can be in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.